This time every week we go to our man in the States, Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe. Good afternoon, Kevin. How are you, Jonathan? I'm very well. We've talked about Gabrielle Giffords many times in our conversations over gun control in the past few months. Uh, She was shot in the head at a public meeting with constituents in 2011, but she was speaking herself about gun control this week in an unannounced appearance before a Senate hearing in Washington. Speaking is difficult, but I need to say something important. Violence is a big problem. Too many children are dying. Too many children. We must do something. It will be hard, but the time is now. You must Be bold, be courageous. Americans are counting on you. Former Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, in one of her first public speeches, Kevin, hard not to be moved by that. Very moving, and obviously the the people that want some form of gun control to come out of this process, Jonathan, know that Emotion is driving this debate. Um, it, it really is the only reason it's got this far is it because of the Newtown shootings. And whether it goes any further, I think, is, is subject to, to be seen because the NRA has not backed down one inch. And there, there have been very few public people coming forward and saying they're backing away from the NRA. The political people that get their money, that get their political support from the gun lobby, there's been very few exceptions of people coming out and saying, okay, we have to do something. So I still think the votes need to be counted. I'll be very surprised if there's comprehensive gun, gun control. I think we'll have a few things here and there, but not that much. One thing that was interesting about Gabby Giffords is she was supported by her husband as well. They, they spoke about how they themselves are gun owners. Yes, exactly. I mean, I think that, you know, we've talked about this before, that there is the, the NRA portray- you know, portrays itself as this monolithic organization. But I have a lot of friends who are hunters, and they think people who need these high-powered weapons with high-capacity magazines are crazy. They don't relate to them at all. So I think that that's probably important that Mark Kelly and, and, and Gabby Giffords get out there and say, we're gun owners, but this stuff has to, we have to have some reasonable controls here. And that's the only way this is going to happen. It's going to be a, a, there's going to have to be an attempt to split the gun lobby so that hunters and people who are, you know, don't need these crazy weapons will see the, will see the folly of this and, and part with the NRA on that. But it's going to be a messy battle. And, and unfortunately, it comes down to the money that the NRA funnels to politicians. And it's whether they're going to break. The guy that shot Gabby Giffords, what kind of checks were done on him before he bought the weapon None. he used? None. None at all. And his, his mental health uh, record would have been readily available for anybody to check. He had had run-ins with the law because of his mental health problems. So that that's the other thing. I mean, it, the, the support among Americans for tightening gun control, the reality is anywhere from 40 to 50% of weapons that are purchased in the United States are purchased by people who do not undergo uh, background checks. Very often private sales and at these gun shows that you can find anywhere in America on any given day. Uh, that's, uh, Americans want that change. The NRA says, no, we don't need any more checks. So that, that, that's an obvious case. Tell me about Ed Koch. Now, many people will remember him as, as a very <laughs> colorful mayor of New York. Uh, he's passed away at the age of 88. Yes, I had a very memorable lunch with him about 25 years ago down in New York City. 
he uh, came when Ed came into uh, office. New York was broke. You know, it was right after that famous um, headline. You know, uh, Ford to New York City dropped dead. Uh, the city was absolutely broke, and he really was the guy that turned around. and And I think he was of all the of all the New York mayors in the last century, he was the most quintessential New Yorker. He spoke like a New Yorker. He was in your face. Uh, I know that he used to refer to his opponents as wackos and radicals. That's how he dismissed anybody who disagreed with him. But he called himself a liberal with sanity. Uh, and that was, it's funny because the, the city really just turned around under cut. I think Rudy Giuliani gets more credit for cleaning up the streets with Bill Bratton and, and addressing the crime problem. But I think Ed Koch, if, if you're fair, was the guy that really did begin the turnaround of New York City, particularly fiscally. He got its fiscal house in order and everything else followed. Yeah, 88 years of age. He passed away there um, yesterday. Uh, the Manti Teo um, hoax. We talked about oh. this. The girlfriend that never existed. And it, it, uh, it just it gets worse. Uh, we, well, a boyfriend did exist. Well, well, let's listen to Dr. Phil. We'll come back to that. Dr. Phil, who else would you turn to? Oprah was obviously taken because of the Lance Armstrong thing, so he turned to the next best thing, which is Dr. Phil. We have a young man that fell deeply romantically in love. And said, does he say that? Did you say I fell in love? <clears throat> I asked him straight up, was this a romantic relationship with you? And he says, yes. I said, are you then therefore gay? And he says, well... When you put it that way, yes. And then he caught himself and said, I am confused. He's not the only one. What in the name of God is going on there? <laughs> I mean, you have to raise the questions of when you take your story to Dr. Phil to begin with. I guess Jerry Springer was booked. <laughs> but um, it, this, this thing gets weirder by the day, to be honest. I think it, I, th- this is actually pushing off the news pages and pushed it more into like the, the gossip pages. Uh, this this is bizarre, but it, it, I think it actually is what it is. It, this is exactly how it is playing out. This guy had a crush on this football player, uh, came from a culture where being gay is not accepted at all, and uh, these fellows are Mormons. <laughs> I don't know if this is being clear over there. This is How not it, Let's go base it down to the base. He was talking to a guy who was putting on a yeah. woman's voice. And it, yeah, he, well, first he started it online and created the female character and sent pictures. And then when the, when the relationship expanded to the telephone, then he put on uh, what he considered a woman's voice. In fact, that's on part two. It's like the Oprah Lance Armstrong did this part two today on Dr. Phil. He, he's going to have him. He wouldn't do it on camera. <laughs> so what they did is uh, they put him behind a screen and uh, then he no. did the woman's voice. <laughs> I can't make it up. Kevin Cullen, on that very strange note, we leave it there. We'll talk to you next week, Kevin.